0: Welcome to Stydia Cast, where Stydia trash meets Stydia Garbage to be a complete Stydia dumpster heap. This season, we are talking about the episodes of Teen Wolf that have made us laugh, cry, and fangirl. Because Lydia Martin loves Style Stilinski and he loves her too. This is Stydia Cast, and Canon is maybe finally delivering. this week on Citycast, we are talking about an actual episode of Teen Wolf. <laughs> and you may have thought that we've been talking about Teen Wolf this entire season, but in fact, we have not, because Radio Silence, season six, episode five, was actually Teen Wolf. So... Before we get started on our unfortunately, no, actually super fortunately
1: glowing review, um, my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Gass, I'm on Tumblr. I'm Anya and I'm Styles Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Claire on Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr.
2: And my name is also Rachel, but I'm It's So Lydia on Tumblr.
0: And because I just know that we're just going to spend the whole podcast talking about this, let's
2: just start off
0: with style slinsky making his grand return to teen wolf
2: yeah he's like actually in this episode for a substantial amount of minutes which makes me wonder if they were gonna sprinkle these scenes throughout the season a little bit more but then they weren't sure when they were gonna get dylan back so they were like what if we just like don't say anything for six months or more and then have this hidden like forty-minute Styles-heavy episode, <laughs> waiting for them, and they'll never complain again.
0: <laughs> I think you're you know right, I mean? Rachel. I think that they were gonna sprinkle these, and they changed their minds.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was very like I'm not complaining one bit, but it was very fast. Mm. Like we, we this did this was as
2: fast-paced as the premiere.
3: Yeah, like they could have easily spread that out, probably over a season, like the whole reveal of the Styles thing. But it was like what.
1: No complaints. No complaints. Mm. You know what my favorite part of that is? There was no 2.0 in the episode. That's the all. other
2: thing. It was like an actual confusing yet ex- beautiful miracle. Guys, we've that only we never been recording
0: saw. for three minutes and we already insulted 2.0.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't even show like a bit of them seeing 2.0 in the hallway. They were just completely absent
3: in this episode. Like their names did not come up. And it was the greatest
2: thing ever. And they didn't have them in the flashback either. Like Peter could have easily seen them when he flashes back to the Icon Escape because they're fighting. And I couldn't even tell who the guards were fighting. Just like they I think they chose to have them fighting random prisoners as opposed to any of the Chimera pack that they were actually fighting that we saw. It was great.
0: So, like, how did you guys feel about Stiles' character in this episode? Because for me, I'm just gonna, like, come out and say this, and I know that I'll become, like, the most hated Wicked Witch on the internet, but, um, I haven't, like, hugely been digging Styles lately. Like, in season five, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan. I'm sorry. I just, like, feel like we lost Styles. Um, and in this episode... We, Styles isn't the same, but like Dylan managed to sneak some stuff in that really I enjoyed. And also, I felt more sympathetic towards Styles than I have in a really, really, really long time. Would you guys say that you had a similar reaction?
3: Yes. I feel like he's, he's on his way back. I feel like he's definitely, we lost him during season five, that's for sure. And I mean, it's hard to judge because we've had maybe 40, like, minutes of him combined over the season so far. Um, but it seems like maybe he's on the trajectory to get back to the styles we know and love, plus some PTSD that will never go away.
1: <laughs> and I think also it helps that his reactions to his situation all, like, you could feel sympathy for them because it's it's a really bad situation. And, like, some of the... Like some of the angst in season five just felt like unnecessary. Like they were just trying to make him as ridiculous as possible. But like, geez, I'm in this train station where everybody is just staring straight ahead. And then the ghost riders show up and just take people and like drop people off. And everybody acts like it didn't happen. And every time I go through a door, I'm back in the same room. Like all of these things are reasonable things to be freaking out about.
2: Absolutely. Well, I think the biggest difference is, is that he is responding to these freak out things with like the idea that he needs to be proactive and go back to like the styles who will want to try and figure things out and instead of you know getting dramatic and just you know maybe sitting sullenly with Peter and fighting with Peter, he is almost immediately like walking around the train station, trying to get out of the train station, looking at everything that he can read in the train station. He looks at all the signs and tries to figure out what's going on. Season five, he just shut off entirely and closed away entirely. And that was, frankly, kind of boring to watch because, you know, this is, they start off with the idea that Styles doesn't want to lose his best friend or any of the people that he's gotten to know through high school. And he goes through something really traumatic. And he shuts himself off from those people (laughs) like all right kid I guess I understand where you're coming from but yeah Rachel and Anya are right it wasn't very sympathetic to a degree but here seeing him struggling with because he's making an effort way more sympathetic
0: that's exactly it Rachel I really like seeing a Styles who has something to fight for I think that what we're seeing in this episode and I mean we saw it a little 601 because he was fighting for the kid but like now he's fighting for himself and for Scott and for Lydia and even his dad he's fighting to get back to them and seeing styles gain energy from his love for other people and wanting to be with them and wanting to be back with them that's the styles that we as viewers really came to love in the first three seasons of the show um it's the styles who told Scott that he would rather, like, die with the Nugitsune than kill more people. It's the styles that we as a fandom love best, and seeing him fighting to, like, return to them and be with the people he loves and cares about most in the world, because that's what makes his life worth living, it reminds me of falling in love with him for the first time when I was watching the show.
2: You know what he also asked... controlled his anger when Peter baited him, which really? I think was, like, key distinct. That's very
3: interesting, though, because I think... The presence of Peter in this episode actually helped a lot to bring him back to old styles because there is a lot to be said for the styles Peter relationship of the bathing back and forth. And I think that honestly, in some of their scenes together, I saw more of the old styles.
2: Yeah, I mean, sure. that's one of the oldest antagonistic relationships oh on the show. <laughs> it was great to bring that back, and
3: obviously, like. I always loved to hate Peter. I absolutely loved him in this episode. Like, I don't genuinely think he's a good character or anything like that. But I loved their scenes together, and it gave me such like season one feels. And um, yes, Styles is fighting to get back to those he loved, but Peter was also really pushing him at the same time. And I think that was,
2: I think Without that was needed too, which was kind of funny. Yes. It was Peter w- was like reverse psychology Styles, but he like honestly believed what he was saying. Styles, like He was like on, on you, me, dude. Yes. <laughs> it was just in the
3: and when he grabbed the keys to bring them, I was like, oh my god. There's always that modicum of hope with you, Peter, but then you squash it. But like, oh, it was He, he was one of my favorite parts of the episode, to be honest.
0: The thing about Peter is that I, I don't, I think I'm one of the few people like who I'm friends with on Tumblr who has this opinion, but I really like him as a character. Like, not as a person, but I think he's well written for and Ian Bowen does a good job with him. Um, so when we found out Peter's coming back, my initial response was, oh my fucking god, you fucking fired Arden Cho. And you're bringing back another white dude. And my response to this day is still that, but I can begrudgingly accept the fact that I, as a viewer, enjoy the way they write for Peter. And I literally always have. um, And would I rather that screen time go to a female character? Like, a thousand percent yes. But was he well written for and well executed in this episode? Also a thousand percent yes.
1: Like, it just made the episode move forward really Mm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that having Peter as a sounding board and, like, motivation for Styles made him think of ideas a lot faster and, like, progress a lot further in, like, his investigation than he would have if he was just on his own because, like, Peter knew some things that Styles would have had to take a lot of time to figure out on his own.
2: My one caveat for Peter is that I don't want how he ended this episode with Apparently choosing to go back for Malia, which pass. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, I don't want Malia to like forgive him for like the last time he and Malia like interacted, he was trying to kill Scott and she tried to stop him and he flung her into a wall. And I think she broke shift because he threw her so hard. So like I don't I don't need like a reconciliation between the two of them. I want them to keep writing Peter with like you know, he's going to try maybe and reach out to Malia a little bit, but ultimately, Peter is a character who is 100% selfish, so I don't want to see him having, like, you know, like, Styles reminded me, like, of you back when I was in the underworld, and I thought that I'd be okay with being there. Like, I had truly lost hope, but then he reminded me that, like, it's not all of my family who are gone, you know, because he can name-drop Derek or Korra or whoever, Mm -hmm. but, like, I do have, like, someone else on the outside who, and if he does, I'd be like, this is Narciss- narcissism she would only yeah. care about Malia because she is essentially a part of him and he probably feels like he owns her the way he felt like he owned Scott in season one so like bye bitch <laughs> I'm expected yeah. to forgive Peter because I do think he's going to be the final villain so they can't go around with this like redemption arc for him right now do we
3: now. have evidence that Ian Bowen is uh, yes for more eps. we do
0: yeah he was on set, on set
3: yesterday
2: a lot
0: he was on set yeah. yesterday Melissa Ponzio took a picture
2: and we do know that they're filming 610.
0: Yep, so right I mean it's not necessarily 6B. And,
2: and or maybe some of 6B, like Rachel said. Right. Um, so he's he's coming back. This isn't Peter didn't die, I yeah. guess. Because I know some people were, were speculating that he died from uh, traveling with the ghost riders, but he did not.
1: Peter die? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. <but laughs> Peter
3: die in quotes. Like, he's immortal.
2: <laughs> well Peter what I thought was really
3: interesting. Um uh, I can't believe we're actually spending this much time
2: talking about this.
3: <laughs> I was He <laughs> was really fascinating in this episode. And am I the only one that has the weird feeling that he perhaps accidentally or unintentionally had something to do with the Ghost Riders coming?
2: I actually answered an ask in this style today. <laughs> in Eichen House, when he it's drawing- shown drawing the revenge spiral in his thing, and then, um, oh. you know, the doors break out because it's a lockdown. But what was also happening that night is Kira's lightning was going out of control inside House. and a theory that I've kind of had in the back of my mind ever since season five, Mm -hmm. when they showed it in the flashback is Kira is experimented on by the dread doctors on the night that she comes back to Beacon Hills from New York and they call down a bolt of lightning. And I think it hits her in the eye. And so Kira's lightning powers start malfunctioning the entire season and I think the Dread Doctors caused that and I think that because Kira was in Eichen house that night um and her powers were freaking out and Peter also drew the revenge spiral, I'm wondering if those two things were possibly related at Absolutely. all. He's calling for revenge and she's but got the
3: lightning power it. and the ghost riders freaking ride the storm.
2: Yeah. As um, far as we know you're right and that revenge spiral is what like pushed him over. Yeah, I just and because he was the first potential victim.
1: Yeah, I just don't want to think of this as a possibility because I love it so much. But <laughs> that would mean that it would be fulfilled with like Kira coming back and they like talking about it mm-hmm. and her having control of her powers again because it was a fluke because of the dread doctors experimenting on her. And now if that doesn't happen, I'm just gonna
2: like <laughs> I know regret the That's whole time. Really the, the whole time not was... know where to go.
0: Yeah, yeah storyline. The whole time like, Rachel was I talking, think- I was thinking, oh my god, what if this was a plane from 501 when they, like, pushed her against the car and, like, put the thing in her eye and, like, her power started acting up, and, like, then she has to leave. Like, what if they were trying to get her out of Beacon Hills so that the Wild Hunt could come in? I don't know. Like, what if, like... That's that's
2: the other thing. I thought the doctors were part of the Wild Hunt, maybe.
1: Like, and then, they- and then Arden could come back for 6B, and Scott yeah. could end up with Kira. So, like, right from the moment that they announced that Kira wasn't coming back, I was, like well it could be temporary and I was like well they could be planning for her to come back in 6b and like everything that you guys are saying would be so good but maybe I'm too cynical now but I just can't imagine the Teen Wolf writers planning all the way back in season five for something that's going to be fulfilled in 6b
0: and I mean yeah
1: if anything, it would be like, a,
3: oh, this actually works, and we unintentionally made this work. Let's go with it, guys.
1: Let's yeah, go with Fan fiction. Think... <laughs> the Maybe tragic I'll... thing is
2: that I think the reason that 2.0 summoned Theo back, and I told Rachel this, is because Theo absorbed lightning slash electricity powers from Josh, the chimera he killed. And so I think that they bring him back because they want to catch a ghost rider and they're going to try and summon him, but they can't get to Kira because she's with the skinwalkers. So they decide to bring Theo back and that's what they say, like, use your powers to help us. Like, use your lightning and try and see if we can capture a ghost rider.
0: But if that's the case, then getting Theo back on the show was literally, like, like getting Kira to leave was literally a vehicle to get Theo back on the show, which makes like me just, so well, furious.
2: I, I'm not happy with this theory, but once I realized it, I was like, fuck, that's definitely what it is. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, so, guys, let's talk about Skidia at this point because I want to say how much I loved the Skidia scenes. They were exactly what I wanted from this season. Their friendship was so strong. Scott's still an AP bio. I, like, threw my hands up in the air and did a little dance. I love that teacher. He didn't drop. Um. Just like I loved the Skidia, I especially loved Lydia in this
1: episode. What the? Everybody knows that. I'm sorry. I don't even. That's redundant.
0: <laughs> Someone else take this
1: from me. Oh my gosh. The part. The part where um, Lydia runs after the jeep because she sees it getting towed, and Scott's just like, "I'm just gonna see if she's okay." And the teacher's like,
2: "You guys know that class isn't optional, right?" In fact, you like, guys know. <laughs> Like, you're basically breaking the fourth wall right now.
1: And <laughs> Way to, to preach to the choir. <laughs> and Lydia's facial expressions when her and Scott are interacting with the toe guy that first time. And when she's, like, making faces at Scott. And Scott's like, are you kidding me? I am broke. And she's like, listen, Scott. Listen, I bucko. have money. <laughs> <laughs> you and, all the funny, funny. and you just see his face go through every single emotion. You can see Scott's facial expressions changing, like the whole spectrum of emotion and ending on dang it i trust her and then just handing over like every penny in his savings probably my poor baby
2: the i love
3: faith in this was just like that's oh, what i was gonna say
1: yeah. yeah i just
3: even with malia like who is still to this to this episode was like he doesn't exist but there is but like i trust lily i have faith in her I'm just like okay we're going to go for the jeep and we're going to go all out and I'm going to give you you know how much however much money he actually did have in his wallet. I just like it.
0: wanted to shake malia because okay yes you've lost a lot of people but I would wager that Lydia's lost more people. Like you can't more say, people, lost have a lot of people have people in walked... front
2: of someone who's lost their best friend and their first love. Like you can't say that to people. Well I mean like she lost Lydia's just, if Malia doesn't know, like, the details of all that, know. she knows that Allison was Lydia's best friend, and Scott's, like, literal first love, and yeah. she's like, I've lost a lot of people, in fact, I've I killed them, but, like, and I'm just like, Malia, seriously?
1: I ate my family, okay? That literally, that was, like, the worst line of the episode.
2: Yeah. yeah, that one made me uncomfortable, because I was okay with Malia still being skeptical, because yeah. Malia likes the concrete, but I thought that pulling the I've lost a lot of people card was, in front of Scott and uh, Lydia was, like, Maybe don't. Yeah. Would, but to be
3: fair, especially considering the serious character development backslide we've seen in Malia, I do kind of see it as her just, like, with her walls and not even, like, considering anyone else's feelings and just being like, I can't, I can't. Which, again, is unfortunate because Malia's come so far and now suddenly has not anymore. Um, it was... It was <laughs> It was a throwaway dumb line, but I don't
1: know. I'm so mad like, about Malia this season, guys. Yeah, no. I love Malia so much. And I haven't been on an episode since the first one of this podcast, so I haven't gotten a chance to complain about it. But <laughs> I was like, season four, Malia, I was so angry at her. And then in season five, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I this development is okay. And then I grew to love her so much. And then this season happened, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like, bring back Malia. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Although
3: it was great when she was like, your truck's broken.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that she did come around. Just like I'm glad that, like, from the starting of this episode, like, Scott had come around to trusting Lydia. My favorite part of, like, that scene with the truck was Scott with werewolf hearing, I have to assume, is, like, kind of hearing what Lydia and the tow truck guy are talking about. And then as soon as he gets there, he's already immediately decided, like, I'm going to claim that this is my car. And Lydia's face, she's like, yes! She's so happy. She's just just like, oh. There's that split second of shock because, obviously, she's remembering, you know, the the moment in the hospital. But then she just smiles so happily at him and looks back at the tow truck driver so smugly, like... What are you gonna do now? He (laughs) believes me.
0: Rachel, (laughs) you and I I were talking about um, you and I were talking about how Lydia and Scott in that scene had so many of Styles' mannerisms. Yeah, I loved that. I felt like what there's this face that Scott makes um, that was very Styles and Lydia saying like, "Please don't say you're you're on the hook." Like that was so (laughs) Styles. Once the car's on the hook, please
2: don't say you're on the hook. Well, I can't say it now. Like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive it
3: with the keys that are in my locker that I'm gonna get as soon as you leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That
2: was very well, sad. How do you define lying, um, <laughs> reclining, and <in> all? <laughs> <laughs> <For some fashion.
0: laughs> Y'all. I felt like Posey killed it in this episode. The emotions on Posey's face. He was incredible. Oh my god. In the car scene at the end. So the first Mm 8 billion times that I watched it, I looked at Lydia. But the last couple... And then
2: Maggie and I were like, look at the other person in the car.
0: Scott, like, did... I mean, Posey, I'm sorry, did just an incredible job. His face in that scene, it's unbelievably unbelievably moving you can oh my god and his voice the way he delivers lines oh oh my i can't even like describe it i just need to go watch it again immediately it's for science
3: as (laughs) soon as like and they don't we don't even actually know 100 percent to what extent either one of them remembers styles yet i mean we know lydia remembers the last thing that he said and we don't even totally know if scott remembers or is just like okay like styles is real just the fact that it's like absolutely immediate like where are you we're coming to get you and I'm just like yeah, it's my babies like this is this is pure Scott and I was just he killed it in this episode he killed it his sweater killed it
1: like mm-hmm. oh my god the sweater <laughs> I literally made a note I was like watching this episode and I was like make a note to talk about the sweater because Again. Scott McCall was so is so hot in <laughs> this sweater but yeah. dope okay Loved it.
3: Um, can we also just quickly bring up the fact that okay, we probably all knew this was the case, but the fact that it was absolutely confirmed that Lydia was seeing what Styles was seeing yeah. in the train station. Oh so cool. boy! And it was like <laughs> mirrored too. Those characters were actually saying what they said to Styles, or like what Styles was hearing. Like that, it's right in front of your face, kid. Who? Unfortunately is no longer with us. R.I.P. It's uh, right in front of your face,
2: kid. Twenty sixteen
0: to (laughs) twenty (laughs) sixteen. Poor kid who does not have a name.
2: His name is Uh, Poor unfortunate
0: soul.
3: (laughs) But he taught us something very important that you should not go through that mysterious wall or you will die and that it's um, right in front of your peter face because
1: you're immortal <laughs>
3: <laughs> you
2: peter prepared? literally will never die doesn't usually take supernaturals because there is a chance they can escape
3: yeah. yeah but i just thought uh the confirmation of that was just so like she oh emotional tether uh, uh-huh.
1: i know thank you for finally bringing that back
0: <laughs> so let's talk about it Let's talk about the last scene in the car, because we kind of started. Um, But I think that the whole fandom is a little confused right now regarding whether or not Scott and Lydia remember Styles officially. Um, And I don't actually know what I think at this point, but the last time I watched it, I actually leaned towards no. Because Lydia said, it's you, is this really you? Like, she didn't know his voice. And when Styles says, "You remember me," Posey bless his god fucking soul. His eyes are filled with tears, and he shakes his head in like horror, in the same way he did when Lydia's heart stopped in five sixteen. Um, and so, my theory is that Scott and Lydia do not remember Styles fully yet, and we are still. In line, we're still on track for our flashback montages.
2: Yeah, that's basically where I am too. They they had they didn't have the flashback montage, which both Corey and Liam had a flashback montage for the Jake Sullivan kid in the library. Scott had a flashback montage for Peter, but because Lydia was able to answer that question, I think that they know he exists, and that has unlocked like voice memories, which is why Lydia was able to answer the question. Because if she didn't remember him at all, and only like new styles existed, but he meant nothing to her. That I would say, like it, that would be not remembering to me, I guess. But because she could answer him, I think that's what it was. I think that Scott was horrified because he's like, I he remembered how much he cares and loves Styles, but he can't tell anybody what Styles looks like or ooh, ooh. maybe even what they've their past experiences unless it's like specifically brought up by Styles himself.
1: Yeah, I think probably. Um... Scott didn't remember anything about Styles until he heard Styles' voice, and then that's when it like clicked. Like, oh wait, he's real, and he was my best friend, like for sure. Yeah, that's how he's. And I think Lydia already remembered his voice because we had that um, like flashback in six oh two. But then, like him talking to her, brought back more memories.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely of the camp that um, Lydia. Remembers more at this point. She's definitely not, obviously, fully on board yet. Um, But, like, I like your idea, Rachel, about kind of the voice memory aspect. I think that's really interesting. Um, I think Scott definitely has some of the emotional memories, like the emotional connection there. I really don't think that he remembers, like, anything else. Um, And I think that makes it the last scene even better with Scott because he just feels so strongly so like intrinsically that he needs to find this person and help them without knowing anything other than how
2: he feels about him oh god that's and that was entirely Um, my theory of why I thought that Scott did have some memory is because when Styles says you can't come find me Posey's acting in that scene he initially instantly grabs, almost pulls the microphone mm. out of Holland's hands, but instead he he holds it in between the two of them. Like, like he pulls it and then shakes it between the two of them. Like, you know, this is like, like, like it's, he's holding on to styles when he's grabbing that microphone and saying, no, you're not, go- you're not going to get off this microphone. You're going to keep talking to us and we're going to find you, which is why I think that he's not just going on blind faith anymore. He has enough emotion in him. That's, that's the proof for me, which is, like, I cannot praise Posey enough for his acting in the jeep scene.
0: Yeah. Well, we know that Lydia remembered in episode two that she was in love with Styles, and so I think that the same principle can absolutely apply to Scott here, is that Scott remembers the feelings of complete love he has for his best friend, for his brother, but, like, he can't remember what he looks like, exactly as he
1: said. I think that just Scott
2: has more doubt in his feelings, Yeah. Because like you said, in episode two, he says, like, I think he might have even, or three, I think he might have even been my best friend. But, like, when he gets that dissonance of not enough evidence, he kind of starts backing away from it, and he doesn't talk about how the person who's missing could be his best friend anymore. He's just kind of like, we we have nothing to go on but you, Lydia, and I don't know if that's enough for what's going on in this town right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So while we're talking about Scott... Um, Rachel has asked for a soapbox to stand on tonight, and I am going to grant her wish because I am Morgan Evans.
2: <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, man. Um, so I really did love this episode, truthfully, but I made myself sit down and look at it critically because we did not like 603 so much, um, or, right, 603? Yeah. Was that was well, episode? Yep. Well 604 two was not like the greatest but I didn't mention all before. of my critiques for episodes two through four and season episode one to some extent was that it didn't focus on Scott enough. And this was absolutely true in this episode. Scott was a passenger to Lydia driving the action, all of these scenes and because of how they've written the mystery, for this episode that makes a lot of sense. But something that I really really wish, we had seen is we still don't know what scott's headspace is like right now and we haven't known the entire season other than in episode one he's excited to be leaving beacon hills and living a life outside of it and we we knew that he knew he he was missing his best friend but we haven't seen him cope with that at all the way malia has been constantly demonstrating like she's losing control the way lydia has been demonstrating that something is going on with her powers where she's reaching out for somebody and trying to grasp on to whatever like wisps of smoke exists there Scott, other than that scene with um, where he has a flashback to season one and then it's the finding the picture, he's not really been shown to reach out for styles the way that these two have, which is ridiculous <laughs> it's because it's his best friend who's missing. And he's also going through so much this episode with like, in this season, with feeling like a failure. Again, Gwen was literally poofed right out of his arms, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen him address or cope with that like we i need to see scott coping with everything he's going through and he's just not been giving that instead we've been giving those scenes to lydia kind of malia 2.0 scenes like the nazi werewolf eating someone like it's just been a mess and even in this episode scott didn't get any solo scenes yeah. lydia did she had a solo scene with the stilinskis and um like obviously there was a ton of scenes just featuring styles and we had a ton of Peter flashbacks but i wish we had gotten an epi- a scene where scott like maybe found a tiny piece of evidence of styles that wasn't enough to count as a relic but would push him to believe lydia more or he would realize like you know maybe this is something that's missing like we found an extra lacrosse bag that wasn't his you know just something to put him more in this mystery as opposed to riding along with it and believing other people and even in the scene that we love, the Jeep scene, the camera never has Scott as the primary focus. Mm-hmm. He's always in the background with Lydia's feelings in the focus, which, again, the way they for in this story and the way they wrote that scene specifically, like, we should know how Lydia's feeling because she's about to reveal something very, very... Or she's about to remember something very crucial and reveal something very personal to Scott about what Styles said to her before he was taken. But other than that one shot where it's the two of them and i can see the intensity with which posey is grabbing that microphone out of holland's hands we had to you have to like look to see that he is basically on the verge of tears if not actually crying the entire scene and i think that's ludicrous because tyler posey is so present in that scene and if they can get a camera on him and they can use that footage and so like this sounds like really really harsh criticism But this is a complaint that you could apply to almost every single episode of Teen Wolf, and it's been very prevalent this season, and I'm really disappointed that they're, you know, bringing Sidia forward at the expense of Scott. Like, yes, he got the most screen time in the Sidia episode as opposed to this entire season, but I want the screen time he gets to be about him, too, and it just didn't feel like it was always about him, which is why I asked for a soapbox, and which is why I talked so long, because... I don't know. Like, I just wanted him to even have a scene where he tells Malia when she's like, why are you taking her side? Listen, Lydia has never been wrong about these kinds of things. If we find Styles, maybe we can find the other people who we know are taken. Lydia has a lead on someone who she thinks was taken. It just makes logical sense to follow her. I wanted him to be... He felt so zen, this episode, and so much happened where I wanted him to be as emotional as he was in that Jeep scene, or at least passionate as he was in the Jeep scene.
1: My hope is that like, the first half of the season has been Lydia driving, like, the Fine Styles train because of her, like, Banshee emotional tether, and she, like, has more evidence. And my hope... It's (laughs) Team Wolf, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. But um, my hope is that now that Scott is completely on board that Styles exists, he'll start to have a bigger role in finding him. No idea if that'll actually happen, but I think that... Like, this is halfway, this is the halfway point of the season, and I definitely think that, like, the second half, with actively trying to figure out how to get there, like, Scott could take a bigger role in it. Whether he will or not, I have no idea, but it's definitely, like, the potential is there.
0: I totally agree, and I mean, I just hope that that's at the expense of 2.0 and not Lydia's screen time or Malia's, because, like, I'm I say, want or more— Or if we can get an
2: explanation as to what's going on with Malia, that would be uh,
0: Yeah, oh, I want—I just, like, as a fandom, the writers know, they have to know that we do not care about 2.0 for the most part. They must, they must know. And they they don't write the episodes like they want to give us what we want. And it's really—it's ruining the integrity of their TV show. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, they're—at times, it feels like they are writing the wrong TV show. And that, as a viewer, really bothers me. Um, so I, I'm annoyed as hell, actually, that bringing Cydia forward like this— like giving it to the fans, to them means that they have to draw back on Scott, the main character, the n- like narrator, the person whose point of view this show should be from. Mm-hmm. This is not Lydia's show. This is not Liam's show. This is certainly not Styles' show. This is Scott's show, and I need to see that. I need to know what he's feeling in this season. This is absolutely ridiculous.
2: And this episode being from Lydia's POV wouldn't be so bad if there hasn't been an episode from Scott's POV this entire season.
0: <laughs> <scene>. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I
3: think it's like, I have not met a Stidia fan who's not also equally as much in love with Scott McCall. Like we don't, we're not like Stidia or Bus. We're like Stidia, but we also love the hell out of Scott McCall. So it's like, don't, don't do that to us. Like we no.
2: want it, but don't, don't push the sunshine into a corner, please. Don't do that. I know. Every person in this fandom should want Scott McCall to be happy. Yeah. Mhm. He's so, not really given us any reason to not want that. <laughs> His goal since day one has been to save and protect everybody in this town since he was 16 years old. Like, what the hell is wrong with you if you don't want him to at least get into the school he wants to and the program he wants to on a scholarship? Like, I, just want not, on. I just want to crochet
0: him this really warm scarf and wrap it around him and tell him that I love him and give him a cupcake. All right, so I'm going to throw it to Anya
1: to read a viewer question from this week. Go ahead, Anya. Okay, so this week's question is, So believe me, I hate Corey and feel like he's an obnoxious, useless character. I don't want him taking up my limited Teen Wolf time. Same. But kill your gaze is such a problematic and common trope that I'm very hesitant to suggest that I want a queer character dead. I'm curious what you brilliant ladies, oh, thank you, think should be done with him. No pressure, of course, but I'd love to hear your thoughts.
2: <sighs> yeah, this is hard. They should
3: not be dumb and boring. Like, I don't <laughs> want the kid to die.
2: Yeah. They should have upgraded his characterization from season five to season six, and they didn't. Why? They yeah, didn't like, fix Hayden's? Give the kid some decent Hayden diet. stayed the same in, like, a bland way, though. Yeah. Corey was annoying since, like, the first time he, sh- like, Fair interacted enough. with Mason, basically. He wasn't that bad when he was a random chimera kid, but once he got those powers, a hole.
3: I think, I think... He, is, he is trying a little bit. Like, he has been, you know, helpful, you know, use <laughs> of quotes. Um, and to, to for him, that's good. He's just boring. And yeah. I don't know that anything can be done about that. But, I mean, he, I don't want to... He shouldn't get
0: killed off. That would be... He not. should go study with the Skinwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. I just, like, I... I I have a long grudge against Corey, mostly for the... I'm, like, still mad at him for the way he acted around Scott in 5A. Um, I'm like, bitch, Scott McCall is trying to help you. And then he was just a little torp. Um, and I just, like, I can't stand Corey. And, like, honestly, the problem, the problem is that, like... It's problematic for me as a person to want Corey dead because he's gay, but I don't want to see him on the show anymore. (laughs) Like, I want gay representation. Like, I'm a bisexual person. I'm always happy to see a gay person, like, on a TV show. I'm like,
2: woohoo, huzzah. But Corey annoys the shit out of me, so... And how many white gays have been on this television show? We have... In canon. In canon. Yeah. We have Mason, who
3: is gay. He has two. He's a double whammy. <laughs>
2: is that? I mean, Mason is two gay. Or Mason is <laughs> double the gay. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean,
1: uh, uh, okay. we well, see. I think the thing is, it's pr- like the problem. It's not like the reason that we don't really want him on the show anymore isn't because he's gay. It's because he's a awfully written character but I think there are ways for him to be like written off the show or like minimalized that don't involve killing him off like it's like it's like they could they could have like him and Mason break up please (laughs) (laughs) because Mason realizes that he doesn't trust any of Mason's friends and like tried to bond with Liam whatever that was but like doesn't He's not not willing to put in, like, the pack effort that all the rest of them are trying to do. And he's just, like, not committed. you got to commit to be in the yeah, pack. Here's the
2: thing about Hayden in terms of our general annoyance with 2.0. She was trying to protect Gwen really mm-hmm. hard. She was yeah, still she was. kind of written obnoxiously in all those scenes. But she was coming from a good place. And she was doing something that, you know, we would want her, any one of them, to do watching out Gwen, watching out for Gwen because we know she's going to get taken. Yeah, I can't,
1: I don't want Hayden written off the show because we already have only two other female characters. Yeah. (laughs) So...
2: Okay, that's my answer for Corey. It's problematic to wish Corey dead and we should do it less. (laughs) But he should be written better. But then again,
0: (laughs) feminism means equality, which means I should be allowed to want Corey dead.
3: (laughs) I think just being a human is, you know. It's like,
0: if it's Corey like, was straight, so, I would still want... I just don't like Corey, man. It does nothing to do with his sexuality.
1: He's written terribly. The answer is less sexuality. <laughs> Yeah, the answer is that we need to have an even mix of all sexualities on television. And So races, you can hate characters and, genders. and races. Oh my gosh, yeah. All so genders, all races. So you can characters and want them dead who represent minorities, because if they die, there will still be other minorities Boom! In the, on the show.
0: Um, What are you guys' red string readings for this episode? Let us start with, oh, I don't know, Claire.
3: I'm giving it a
0: four. <gasps> Oh, wait, that's out of five, right?
3: Right, <laughs> <laughs> like, Every time. You forget every time. <laughs> I was like, bitch! <laughs> On a five-point scale, also, it's
0: me.
2: I think that's a pretty good rating.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Rachel, how about you?
2: Um, yeah, I'm gonna say, like, a 4.25, because I really did enjoy this episode, but obviously I had a huge problem with how Scott was represented.
1: Anya? Okay. It's true. I'm nicer than both of you.
2: <laughs> I'm going to
1: give it a 4.5 because the only things that I take, I'm like going to take off points for is it not having anything from Scott, which is not really a problem with this episode because I think this episode needed to be like Lydia driven, but a problem with the season as a whole. So for this episode, I don't think it was as bad, I guess. If that makes sense And then Malia's one line That drove me crazy And my fear That Peter Is Going to try to redeem himself and they're going to try to buy it for a while which I'm afraid of but that hasn't happened yet so because of that I'm sticking with a 4.5. Yeah. Yeah
0: I'm gonna also give it a 4.5 Anya Um, and it would have been a 4.4 but that scene where Styles sits on the bench with the old lady and smiles (laughs) at her with his eyes raises it an entire (laughs) so we're doing 4.5 I watched that scene so many times I just like sat in my bed with my blankets around me and she was like I'm going to visit my grandchildren and I was like do me style
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually no that reminds me I needed to make mine a 4.2 what? because our delightful Lauren reminded me that Lydia names dropped Peter after the yeah. Eichen House rescue so he should have been forgotten by then so 4, 4.2 4.2 Obstituity. what a bitch uh huh I mean, if they're going to fucking take away here, I'm going to take away their points for their Peter. It's fine. (laughs) All right, guys.
0: Thank you so much for recording with me tonight. I really can't believe how much time we spent talking about Peter, actually. That was shocking. Um, (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoy the hiatus, and I can't wait to see the Banshee lore episode, uh, season six, episode six. I was going to say season five, episode six, and then I was like, well, that episode was a disappointment. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the meantime, my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Gazm on Tumblr.
1: I'm Anya, and I'm Styles Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Claire, and I'm
2: Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr. And I'm Rachel, and I'm It's Lois Lydia on Tumblr.
0: And we will be on Tumblr and Twitter if you need us at any point during
1: this hiatus. Yes, yeah, we'll be there. Bye, guys.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this week's Stidia Cast. After next week's episode of Teen Wolf, tell us what you think of it by emailing studiacast at gmail.com and your comment might be featured on our show. Don't forget to follow us on our Tumblr, cityacast, or our Twitter, studia underscore cast. A special thanks to our editor, Rosemary, row your boat on Tumblr, and to our wonderful anonymous donor for making Season 3 of cityacast possible. See you next week for more shenanigans. You bring the tissues and we'll... Actually, we should probably be bringing tissues too.